What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 9 to 16, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 18th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. You are going to absolutely love today's guest, Greg Hall. This is jam-packed full of nuggets that will shape your life. When you get to sit down with somebody who has lived a little bit more life than you, who has really stuck it out and fought for the things that you and I believe are most important, family, marriage, people, community, There's so much to gain here. Greg Hall has been married 31 years. He's 58 years old, father to four, two grandkids, and he has so much wisdom to share with you. And I I have a couple of pages of notes that I have already started implementing in my own life. Enjoy meeting my friend, Greg. Welcome to another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. I have been counting down the days to talk to my friend Greg Hall about fatherhood. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Ned. I'm I'm just I, I feel honored to be here. I knowing you for quite a few years in business, I, I I did not realize that you wrote a book on fatherhood and have a podcast and. Since I found that out about a year ago, I have just been, I've been amazed. And I, Mm. you know, looking at the cast and having read the book, the cast of guests that you've had on the show and so forth, I'm just really honored to be included in this. Oh, man. Well, thank you. You know, uh, Doug Clifford, which is a mutual friend, really the way we connected, Doug has been my business partner or had been, you know, for over 10 years and such a great mentor to me. And you and Doug have such a great relationship and, and getting to be a part of, you know, seeing how you run your business, interact with your employees and, and all the great stories Doug has told me about you being a father. Um, you and I connected on the phone about a year ago talking about, Hey, come on the show. And even in that conversation, you know, I loved it. We talked for about 30 minutes about fatherhood and I could just hear in your voice the level of um, intentionality and meaning that fatherhood had for you. So I've been looking forward to this. And now that our calendars line up, here we are talking fatherhood. So thanks. Um, I'm just going to rapid fire a few questions so that people get to know who I'm talking to here. So Greg, how old are you today? I am 58. 58 years old. And how many years have you been married? Almost 31. We had our 30th last year. It'll be 31 in March. 30 years of marriage, man. Yep. Thank you. That I'm is incredible. Just going to say I'm, I am, I'm married to a wonderful lady, uh, Carrie. So, um, I think you've met her. Yep. And, yep. Um, we've met. So. Yeah. That's incredible. So 30 years of marriage, almost 31. And then how many kiddos do the two of you have together? We have four kids. Uh, there's one stepson. Dustin was nine when we got married. Okay. And and then we have three together, Austin, Brianne, and Joey. And what's the youngest and what's the oldest right now? Dustin, well, now you're going to get me off the top of my head. I think Dustin's 40 now, believe it or not. 
And uh, he has two kids of his own. So we have two grandsons, Carter and Kate. Wow, cool. And then the youngest is Joey. He's 21. Okay, so 21 to 40. So you are like in this next stage. So the stage I'm in right now is I my youngest is nine and my oldest is about to be 16. So it's crazy. My wife my, or my daughter, my oldest turns 16 March 2nd and then my wife turns 40 on March 12th. And I'm like... It just hit me the other day, you know, Brooklyn's about to be 16 and she's talking about colleges and right now she wants to, you know, it was UCLA, now it's Florida. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine my life with one kid gone, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to come home to the same thing I'm coming home to now. And so I'm in this, like, I'm really hanging on to this sweet next three years and then I'll be in this transition and you're fully in this transition where it's like, everybody's an adult now. Yeah. And it goes by in a blink, you know, Dustin's married with two and yeah. uh, Brianne's been married for a year and a half now, if I got my math right. And Austin is about to be married. Austin gets married in April. And so those three are all out of the house and Joey's, Joey's uh, still at home. Wow. Wow. So cool. Yeah. And don't feel bad. You know, this is a fatherhood podcast. So, you know, exact dates and exact time, they're totally irrelevant. You know, if you're within two years and we're, we'll call it, we call it good here. Um, okay. And then you live in Northern California, um, kids, grandkids. Now I, I hate this question to an, to an extent. And I, I say this every couple episodes is, is I am, what do you do for a living? And I I hate the question because a lot of times us men, we size each other up based on what we do. But the reason I ask the question is I think it's helpful when you go share your story. You know, a lot of times we separate ourselves like, well, he makes this much or this is what he does. So we separate ourselves. But when it comes to fatherhood, it's definitely a level playing field. You know, when your kid turns 16, dang it, your kid turns 16. When your kid turns 21, it's 21. We go through the same thing. So um, I think it's helpful for people to feel level playing field. So with that short explanation, what is it that you do for a living? (laughs) Well, besides being a husband and a father, Uh, I'm a a commercial contractor. So um, I'm uh, I'm one of the owners of Mm -hmm. Tilton Pacific Construction based here in Rockland, California. And we do large retail projects, um, site development, and just a a lot of, quite a variety of things, actually. I mean, we were born of grocery, so we do a lot of grocery stores. We have over the years, and we still do, Uh, but we also uh, build for a lot of national retailers, everybody from big box like Bass Pro Shops down to uh, drug stores. You know, we work Mm -hmm. for CVS. Um, We do a lot of car dealerships. We've done some religious institutions, so we do quite a variety. Man, incredible. And you have, uh, you know, about 50 something employees. And then how many years have you guys been in business? I think we're up to, we're in the eighties now employee wise. So, so we're getting up there. Um, we had our, I would, I, I think this is year 32, um, for Tilton Pacific. I joined in 1990. So I've been here over 30 years. And I think, you know, I bring that up because, really an incredible accomplishment to pause. So a lot of us men will find our, our identity in, in what we do. Right. And so you go, ah, my business, I've been dedicated to my business, been there 30 years, but I'm on my third marriage, you know? And so to be able to stand there and go 30 years in business, 
30 years in marriage just shows an incredible testament to, to leadership. And, and when I say leadership, I mean, probably swallowing your pride a lot and, and a lot of service, right? A lot of service and choosing to grow as a human. So congratulations. Right. I mean, that's such a testament to all of us uh, that, that it's possible to be able to do both. Right, right. Well, I think, so, you know, I learned, you mentioned Doug earlier, and um, I'm sure we'll the, the subject of the men's group will come up, um, mm-hmm. you know, that I've been involved with for so many years. Um, but I think it was Doug that told me one time, a long time ago, you had to keep your life priorities straight. Mm-hmm. And, and so that means putting God first, your spouse second, your kids next, your family, and then everything else. Mm-hmm. And that really, uh, that really stuck with me. You know, as a young young father. Yeah. And and just to ask you a question around that, you know, I think a lot of times as a young father, we get like, I'm provider, I'm protector. I got to go make money. I will hang out with the kids when I make X. But then by the time I make an X, I ended up buying my my family this house. So now I actually need to make X times two. And so there's this point where you've just, you're always at the grind for the family, but you're sacrificing the family. So any right. thoughts around that or any tips of like how you yeah. kept that balance, even on the low, the low or the hard times? Yeah, I, I think I can offer a few suggestions on that. I mean, one is just being conscious of that balance and trying, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, I'd find myself at different times getting out of balance and needing to reset that. And sometimes work calls and, and you feel like you have no choice and, and, and maybe you, you find yourself spending too much time on it. Um, I know that my goal was always to be home for dinner, number mm-hmm. one. So if that meant I had to get a little less sleep and get up earlier in order to get here to get my stuff done so I could be home for dinner, I always tried to do that. In this business, you know, in construction, um, it's not out of the ordinary to have to work a weekend or a Saturday or something to stay on top of things. Um, I actually left my first company because I was just working too much. And Mm. Carrie and I had already started our family. We had two young ones at home and, and I was just gone too much and it just, it wasn't working for her and it wasn't working for me. And so we made a change and, and, and that change was actually going to work for Tilton Pacific. Wow. So now the company you left, were you an owner or involved in that way at that company that you left? No, it was a it was a much larger company, a construction company, a large commercial company. Rudolph and Sletten was the name of it. Wonderful company. Um, but I was, you know, um, I was a young project engineer and um, and the, the jobs were all over and uh, the management was on site. You know, so if the job was in Fairfield, I was going to Fairfield. Mm-hmm. And at the time we lived in Colfax and, you know, that was a almost an hour commute each way. And then you add a Saturday in there and I'm not home very much. So, um, you know, I kind of found myself having to, having to make a choice. And, and um, at the time Tilton Civic was a startup. I mean, back then in 1990, it was Jim and I and a secretary, you know, when I started um, there were, you know, I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, but um, that's basically uh, what it was. And I found it much easier to have a work-life balance mm-hmm. um, with with a smaller company. 
Yeah, I think it's just so so important for dudes to hear, you know, that no matter where you're at in your stage, if if you're feeling like the place that you are at isn't supporting your family to make that hard decision. Um, and look, I mean, it has paid off um, enormously for your marriage and, and business. So, man, kudos. Now, you've talked about this a little bit. So I'm going to just ask the question. As you've been a father, what have been some of the greatest resources to you? And like, maybe we'll start off with uh, with your men's group because I'm really just super impressed with that. Okay, um, well, that the the men's group probably goes all the way back to joining a food and fellowship group through church. Okay, you know, short shortly after Carrie and I got married, and Carrie actually um, was the leader of the group. You know, she was putting the groups together and. Basically, it was a scenario where you you rotate families, you know, for, you know, you get with three other families and then for four months, you, you know, once a month you meet at somebody else's place or at the park or whatever, and you get to know the other families. And and through that process, um, I met um, several really awesome guys and we got to be friends and they invited me at some point to join their men's group. And there's been a lot of men in and out of that group over the years at different times, but, you know, the core stayed together. And, um, that was Doug, your, your partner, Doug Clifford and, uh, Greg DeRene and Ken Raskin. I don't know if you, I, I think, you know, some of those guys. Yeah, well, definitely met him. I don't mind names. I don't mind. Is it okay to name names? I oh, guess. yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, of course. All so right. you guys have essentially been meeting every Friday morning, and maybe it's rotated at 7 a.m. for breakfast and Bible study for, for roughly 25 years. Is that yeah. right? And it's, it has been a few years wow. since we've met now because there's been some changes. But yeah, we met for 25 years. And, wow. and now, um, as you know, Doug's in Georgia. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um so we you know we we don't meet regularly but we do meet um occasionally together still but the 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 point that i would make on the men's group was this is that as a young father having those other men um that i had met with every friday and we're all going through the same thing at the same time, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there, there's always things going on in your marriage, things going on at work, things going on with your kids and you're able to learn from each other. I mean, right. The Bible says iron sharpens iron and, um, and it's so true. And so yeah. we learned, we learned a lot together. We learned about, um, we learned about fatherhood for sure. And, and, uh, we learned about God and, and, um, and it was great. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I think it's just so encouraging. It's like men who are listening to this, just go create your own band of brothers, like, and, and just find maybe two guys you meet once a week and, and there'll be guys who come and guys who, who, who rotate out. But to be able to like right now, Greg has three friends that in any circumstance he could call and, and have this guys who like, we're through the thick and thin of kid issues, marriage issues, business issues, personal issues, and the highs, right? You're all there for each other. Right. And and it's like, we want that as men, but for whatever reason, I mean, it, it seems kind of like culturally those things are harder to create, but it's just because we don't do it, right? Mm-hmm. It's just because we don't do it. So right. you did it. So when you think about what other resources um, through the different stages of fatherhood have been good for you? Yeah, there's been so many, but um, I mean, as I uh, mentioned to you before, I think um, the men's group is certainly one of them. And the other one was the the examples that I had in mm. my own family. Yeah. 
So I had, um, and, and I'm specifically referring to a group I call the three wise men. Okay. So that And who are, who are the three wise men? That would be my father, my uncle, Sam, and my uncle, Len. So your two uncles, were they your dad's brothers or like where, who, where, who, where well, they're the actually, they're both my dad's brother-in-laws. So oh, my, interesting. my dad's sister's husband. Okay. Is, is my uncle Len and my mom's, uh, my mom's sister's husband. So how, Sam. yeah. So looking back now at, at 58, Right. And there's this connection to these men, like, right. One's your dad and then these two uncles. What is it that they provided you that gives you this overwhelming sense of like, like heavy? These are the guys. Um, well, there's a there was a lot of things about each one of them. I mean, each one of them was was different in their own way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you know, my my father and my uncle Sam were. Um, I would just say, uh, I would overgeneralize and say they were both businessmen. My dad was a banker and then a mortgage broker. And my uncle um, owned car dealerships in Santa Rosa. And um, they were just, I mean, they were both just really fun, great guys. Yeah. And um, they, uh, they were literally wise men. They were, you know, who I would go to for consult if, I needed to talk about something. How did they establish a relationship with you that you trusted them, that you could go to them and, and ask them about, I mean, was it just business or was it relationship and family? Was it, you felt like you'd go to them about anything? Well, it, I guess it depended on, on which one and it depended on, on yeah. the time, you know? And, okay. and so, um, I mean, as a young boy, we, we did things together, whether it was my father or, um, or either one of my uncles, they, 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 they just all, poured into us kids, you know, and not just their kids, but their nephews and their nieces, me being one of them. And, you know, my, my uncle Len, um, he was kind of, um, a, he, well, he was, he was a, he was a great example of a godly man to me mm. because he was a Christian as was my dad's sister. And, um, they were strong believers and they were always pouring into us kids and, um, and you know, I think that a lot of young guys can think of Christians as weak or soft or, or whatever, you know, and, and, um, my uncle Len was more of a, I mean, he was a man's man, you know, mm -hmm. um, he was, uh, in his day, he was, uh, uh, he was a football player. He played for Oregon state. Okay. In the Rose Bowl. And he was a coach. And so he coached at the local junior college. And um, and he was always coaching the kids. I mean, there wasn't a birthday or a picnic we didn't go to that, you know, he was coordinating the activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the herd. Yeah. And it was a big family, too, you know. So, um, mm. you know, when we got together, there was there was always a lot of fun like that. As I hear you talk about your dad and your uncles and, and the connection, right? There's definitely this clear, there's a lot of family time, a lot of them just being present. But is there anything in particular of like, they took me hunting or they taught me baseball or they coached me? Is there anything in particular that you think back to that was outside of the whole group of family that they're spending time with you doing? Um, Outside? I don't know about outside, but 
within. So I think your question is individually. Is your question? Yeah, it's like individually or it's individually or it's, um, you know, is there a particular moment like, right, you talked Uncle Len, right? Is that, is that right, Len? Mm-hmm. That, you know, you really look at him as, as a leader, as a coach, as a, as a godly, strong man's man. Um, so you got this one image from him. So, so that's one thing I'd like to talk about. But I was just curious, you know, if, if there was anything that you had done with anybody that kind of stood out as an event or as a moment that you learned or connected from them? Well, I don't know. I don't know if there's any, you know, one particular event um, because there were so many. And, mm. and, and, and in all three cases, you know, they were all family men and they all stayed married and they all, you know, put a lot of time and energy into family. So we did a lot of things together. So to give you an example, we did trips to Clear Lake a lot. Okay. Okay. And I'm sure you know Clear Lake, right? Yeah. And we used to do those, um, you know, both my, our family, my dad and my uncle Sam's family and the kids, we would do that together. And so there was, there was a lot of togetherness. And at those times, I mean, we did a lot of different things. My dad and I played a lot of cribbage, um, you know, (laughs) on the lawn and, you know, uncle Sam was driving the boat a lot, you know, he had the boat. And um, so it was just all those good, good family times together um, that, that I enjoyed so much of as a child. Yeah. And, you know, as I hear you say it and, and kind of go, huh, like a particular moment, it's almost, it's pretty incredible that it's, that it's this collective of all this time spent together as a family. And the reason right. I bring it up is, is like, to, for, for one reason here is you had three men to look to. So if I'm an uncle or a dad, I, I don't want to lose sight of, it's not just about my kids, but I have something to offer my brother's kids. You know, there's something that I might have to offer them, not better than my brother, but that his kids may need from me. And I think in our individual world, I'll admit for myself, I get very Ned focused, very Ned's family focused, what's best for my family. Um, And sometimes I may miss out on, well, my brother's kid, I can go take him or just be around him or even the times that I am around him, that that time matters. And I think as men, as uncles, as family men, that it's not necessarily about that one hunting trip we did once in 10 years. It's more about that consistency of togetherness that you said. Um, and, and that to be a man that puts time and energy into family, that, that isn't, that doesn't go unnoticed, um, not just by your own kids, but by those around. So really, really powerful, um, for you to have those three men. And then as all of us are listening, like, we get to be that man to a bunch of people around us if we choose to embrace that role. Right. Yeah. Mm, so good. Okay. Um, my next question, what do you, in, in like a couple sentences, like what would you say the role of the father is? Oh, boy. Um, well, we have a lot of roles, don't we? Mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. say, I mean, we're a leader of our family. Um, I'd say both spiritually and a life guide. And we, we've got to be a teacher and we should be leading by example, not just by the things we say, um, to be a character builder, to encourage 
um, kids. I mean, we're going to fall down a lot, right? I'm still falling yeah. down and have to get up. <laughs> and, um, you know, but you, you, you got to be there for, for your kids. And of course, which you've mentioned earlier, you know, a protector and, and a provider, you know? Yeah. And so we, we, we have a lot of roles. Yeah. And there's one, there's one in there that you said particularly that I'd like to jump on and that's character builder. Um, really unique in, in our culture and our day and age, right. Of like my truth and this, that, and the other. And mm-hmm. w- when you think character builder, I mean, expand on that a little bit. When you think about character builder, what do you, what do you mean? Or what does that mean to you? Or, I mean, I don't know. It's a little bit, it's a little, it's a hard one to answer, right? So I'm going to jump on the hardest one, but what do you think? I might answer. I I don't know what's coming to mind right now is, um, is it's not what you say as much as it is what you do. And, and I, I, I kind of, um, borrowed that concept. I don't know if you know who Randy Pausch is, but you know, Mm -hmm. Randy, well, he, Randy, um, was a, was a professor. He, um, was a teacher at um, Carnegie Mellon, and he gave what's called the last lecture. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but he died of pancreatic cancer, I think, in like 2008. And in the last lecture, he said, um, you know, he was actually literally like leaving a video um, to some of his younger children that wouldn't know mm. him as well when he was adult. And what he told his daughter was, as far as boys are concerned, don't listen to anything they say, just watch what they do. And I, and I, when I heard that, it really sunk in. And um, of course I use that with my daughter, but I think that is applicable to so many other things. It's not just for girls and boys. It is that I think our children in general, they're watching all the time and they see what their father and their mother um, do and how they treat each other and um, how they live their life. And that's, I guess. Man, that's, that's powerful, powerful to, to one. I mean, especially when I think I got four girls, right. To tell my girls, yeah, don't listen to a damn word. Those boys <laughs> say you watch what they do. Uh, yeah, that's huge. Um, but then to know, like as dads, we can't give lip service like our lip service to our wife or to our kids, your actions, your kids are going to follow your actions. Um, man. And somebody said something to me yesterday. I I heard this guy talking about identity and it was one of the most powerful conversations I ever had or ever heard. And, um, he said, uh, don't let your feelings dictate your actions. Your actions dictate how you're going to feel, you know? And I just, that's what I've been kind of like, preaching that to yeah. my kids starting last night, but our actions, our actions are so critical. Um, okay. I love well, it. Role character me, building. Oh yeah. Go ahead. I got, well, I got one thing to add there. I'll, I'll tell you a little story um, about uh, Johnny Miller. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause this kind of speaks to the same topic that we're on. So this is back. Like, I mean, it was before I was married. So, um, you know, this was probably 89, 90, you know, and I'm, 26 years old. I'm not, I I hadn't even met Carrie um, or had kids. And, and I was reading golf digest and I'm reading this article about Johnny Miller and I'm not even really, I'm not a golfer. I don't even know why I was reading it, but um, (laughs) that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I was taken back by 
this article about him where his son told about his thoughts about his father. And Mm. um, I actually cut this article out and I'll tell you what it said to the best of my memory because I lost it. I, I cut it out and I put it on my bathroom mirror at that time. And it just stayed with me because I thought, you know, if I ever have kids, um, which I was planning on, and they could say something like this about me that I would have had really done something right. Mm. And what it, so again, unfortunately I lost it. If anybody's got the 1989, uh, you know, uh, magazine golf digest volume, whatever it is, I'd, I'd pay for it. But it said something to the effect of, I saw how my dad lived his life, how he treated my mother. I saw his faithfulness, his commitment to my mother and our family, his strong work ethic, and the no drinking. My dad not only talked the walk, he um, not only talked the talk, he walked the walk. And my life is better because of the way he chose to live his. Ooh, man, that is heavy. My life, my life is better because the way that my dad chose to live his life. Right. My friends, I am so sorry to interrupt this incredible conversation. However, I have something I have to share with you. Over the years, I've been looking for the perfect way to communicate to a father how important and significant his role is while also connecting him to his children. I have come up with a children's book called The Adventure of Fatherhood. It is beautiful. The imagery, the verbiage, it is going to speak to the hearts of fathers everywhere and help show them how incredible they are. It doesn't matter if you are a dad of a newborn, dad of little kids, or dad with older kids and you just love a great story. This children's book is going to be the one on your shelf that you want to pull off and read over and over and over. It will allow you to tell your story to your kids and to connect with them. But Right now, we are raising money to get this into the hands of thousands and thousands of fathers. You can go to Kickstarter, which is where we are doing the fundraising. And to find that, you can go to our website, rebelandcreate.com or adventureoffatherhood.com. You can get the link in the show notes. You can find it on Facebook, Instagram at Adventure of Fatherhood or Rebel and Create, or of course, on my personal Ned Shout. If I know you in any way, I will find a way to make sure that you have that link so that you can go pre-order a copy of this beautiful book, The Adventure of Fatherhood. And my hope, my hope and dream and desire is that this book finds its way into the hands of thousands of fathers to help invite them into their role, help be a part of making this a reality. Thank you and back to the show. What's so wild is like, you know, I'm 38, you're 58. You ask any guy in between those ages about their dad and it still matters, right? We're men now. What does it matter? It still matters to my heart about who my dad was, who my dad is, how my dad views me. And we know that as men, but I don't know that we always realize it to the extent of like thinking about our sons one day saying Mm -hmm. something about us. Like when my kid's 38 or my kid's 58, he's going to have feelings about me. And if he were quoted in a magazine talking about me, would he be able to say my life is better because the way my dad lived his life? Right. And, and, and I would add to that too, that, you know, I'm blessed. Uh, We've already talked a little about, about the men, you know, the Mm -hmm. the three wise men, but see, I, I can say that about my father. Mm -hmm. And I would say that 
um, uh, let me collect here. Um, I can say that about my father, that my life is without question better because of the way he chose to live his. And he might say, well, I made some mistakes about this. And guess what? I make mistakes too. Mm-hmm. We're all, and it's a message that I want to make sure that I, that I put out there with this is, is that we are all imperfect and, you know, it's about showing up and, yeah. and being there. And it's also about how we deal with the trials that come along our path. And that may be, you know, any time in your life, um, but even when you're a father and yeah. you're a husband. So, and you may have a challenge and it's how you deal with that challenge that matters and what you do with it. And, um, and so I, uh, appreciate, um, I'm, I, th- I thank God that I had such a wonderful father. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important here is like, if you're a dude, the impact you have on your kid and their marriage and their family and future generations is huge. Now, maybe you didn't have a great dad and you get to change that story if you choose to. I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming that's why you're here. The impact we have for future generations is huge. One thing I want to ask you, Greg, is at 26 years old, not dating Carrie, you know, working in business, growing, you know, you're 26. What about that was so meaningful to you that you would clip it out of a magazine and put it on your mirror? Like you did say, yeah, I knew I wanted to have a family, but what in, I don't know if you can point to any of it, like what inside you said, oh man, this matters to me. Um, I, I would say Ned that, I mean, the only thing that comes to mind is, is that I, I grew up in a wonderful family. Yeah. And, and not only my immediate family, but my uncles that I told you about their families. And, um, I, if I gave you an example, um, my, my grandmother, who is my, my, my dad's mother, my, uh, my nanny, she was truly the matriarch of mm. the family. And so it was not unusual for there to be 30 people over at her house on for a Sunday dinner. And that would include my uncle Len and his family and my five cousins. Um, and as the family grew, my grandmother extended that to even to some friends um, on any given weekday, it was not unusual for six or eight of us to be over at her kitchen table for lunch. I mean, wow. I'd, I'd literally go there from school or my cousins would mm. come from work and my dad would come over there. And all you had to do was tell her you wanted a sandwich and it'd be there waiting. And um, and so she uh, I just had this great example of family. And so that as well as the three strong men in my life. Um, when I, when I clipped that article out, I guess my thought was that I want to be like them. Hmm. At the man, at the end of the day, family, it's family relationships. That's, that's what matters. And I think Sometimes we just, we're so busy, we're so busy and we're so distracted by all the stuff, like all the stuff that the world is telling us is important 
but we're still, uh, many of us longing for like purpose, like, Oh, it's my purpose. And what makes me happy? It comes down to time with family right. and people and connection. And so I love that inside you, there was this belief because you had been shown that this family thing matters. And my hope is that, that we as men realize the opportunity we have to carry that forward in a busy, chaotic world that you said it, I made it home for dinner most nights. You know that this time is is sacred time together as family. And it, it may not be like I spend 40 hours a week eating food with my family, but the time that I do, the energy intentionality around that is is deep and meaningful. Um, and my hope is that, that that spark inside of you, right? We hear it in your voice that that would spread to to all of us to make this a really meaningful because at the end of the day too, like us men, we want to feel valued, respected, needed, loved, and that we have purpose and that you can find all those things in your family, which is a God given gift to, to be able to lead and serve. Right. You got to figure out how to be the best you and you got to give, give that to your kids and to your wife. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the most valuable thing that you can give them is your time. It's just yes. part of that balance. You know, you got to get back to that work that work-life balance. So this leads perfectly into my next question because um, I like your answer on it. Um, What have you learned about yourself in being a father? That I've, I I've, I've learned that it's better to be more selfless than selfish. I mean, Mm. I think that um, selfishness is something that, um, is maybe even a little bit natural and we all want more and to be more and to have more. And, um, but sometimes if we don't keep those priorities in check and that work-life balance, it's, it's, it's easy to let those things, um, take the place time-wise of, of things that are, that are much more important, like our family relationships. Um, and when you, you know, it, there's kind of a shift when you're when you're younger, you're focused on growing and what am I going to do for my career and, you know, how much money am I going to make and, yeah. and, and all of these things. And when you get married and you have a child, you know, you're you're you naturally have to respond to a higher calling of how mm. am I going to it changes instead of for yourself. It's how am I going to provide? And yeah. Um, and, and how do you, how do you balance your time so that you give your family what, what they need? Yeah. And, and the, the, the fulfillment that comes out of that, you know, you use the word in talking about, um, about being selfless, that there's joy that comes out of that. And, and as I was, you know, thinking through our conversation before talking about the questions, a lot of us are seeking happiness. Like it would make me really happy if I had what I wanted for dinner tonight. It would make me really happy if we saw the movie I wanted to see tonight, whatever, right? We are so like, what is it that I want? But you use the word joy. And I think that there's such a difference between the word joy and happiness. And, And to be happy is more of in a moment, but to be, to have joy is more of this like, deep gratitude, I would say, and, and contentment with life. And, and when you're serving and, and I mean, shoot to, to celebrate 30 years of business and 30 years of, of marriage and four kids and 80 employees. I mean, 
that idea of selflessness, the joy, because now, now where you're at, you could step back and look at, and I'm sure, you know, every day is messy and hard, but now you can look back and be like, oh my goodness, look at, look at this. And I know you're not saying like, look at what I made, but look at, look at what I get to lead and be a part of and serve. Like Mm -hmm. the magnitude of that is incredible. And the joy I'm thinking like the joy is joy is messy, but the joy that comes got to be deep. It is, but it's like for anybody that's listening, that's a parent. And I'm sure most of the dads listening here, well, obviously if they're dads, they're parents, but uh, um, I, you know, it's hard not to feel joy in whatever you give to your kids, you know, whether that's your time, you Mm -hmm. hear, when you, when you see that their needs are met, there's, um, and I'm not just talking about putting food on the table and all of that, but you're, it's, it's everything that you're pouring into them. It's, you know, um, you give up your, you, you take the time to do a Christian mission and you see your child, um, you know, getting closer to God. I mean, there's, there's, Mm. there's, there's so many different things, but, um, you know, I guess I would oppose that and no, uh, I don't mean this negatively anyway, but it's like, um, you know, as my kids were young and growing up, I just didn't have time for some of the, the, I guess the guy stuff that I, that I did before I got married and some of the stuff that I'm going back to now, like scuba diving. <laughs> nice. Nice. So I, I think that's important though. It's like you, you had priority shift, you know, right. and you realize, okay, some of these things are going to pause. They're going to be for me down there. They're going right. to be for me later. Um, see, and now yeah. if I could add to that, see, yeah, so now, please. now two of my boys are my dive buddies. Mm. So I, I gave it up for a while for the most part. And now, now it's, it's come back full circle, you know, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of guys have those stories, you know, whether it's hunting or golf or, or whatever, you know, they may have a little less of it while they're raising their kids, but eventually they'll be doing it with their kids. Yeah. If, if you maintain that relationship, right. So it's like, if you were scuba diving once a month and sorry, kids, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone. There might have been this bitterness towards you and scuba diving. And now because you got a deep relationship with them, you're doing something that you love. That's a passion. And you get to do it with the the people on this planet that you care most about. Right. Um, And I think that's really cool for me to hear too, is like, sometimes I think, oh my gosh, Brooklyn's leaving in three years. That all I have is three years. And that's not the reality is if I'm have a great relationship with her, it's like, you know, her and I love to snowboard together. We're going snowboarding in a couple yeah. weeks in Tahoe, just the two of us. And, and we'll probably be doing that when she's 30, you know, and, and, and we'll have right. that because, because I'm choosing to do it with her now and not just go out with my buddies all the time. Right. Um, the other thing that, yeah. that, the other, the other thing that it provides for when you find things to do with your kids, even your kids, even if it's not your thing, at the moment is it's, it, it, it creates that time that they need to spend with you. And, you know, I, I've seen the other side of that where parent, I, I, I've, I've seen cases where, you know, the parents don't engage so much with the kids and, you know, we've all heard of teenage, re, teenage rebellion and I, I didn't experience that and nor as a child, nor with my kids and I'd like to think that part of that is because we stayed, we stayed engaged with them mm-hmm. and, and whether it was supporting their activities or whether it was snow, you know, doing something with them, which is 
awesome, whether it's dirt bike riding. I mean, we did that a lot, right? And all the kids went dirt bike riding with me and, and you know, just like snowboarding. And it's, it's those times together that matter. And when you can do those things in their teens and you've got a family unit that they connect with, that's their... You know, I, the one thing I didn't say about um, about the family that I grew up in with all my cousins and my grandmother and my and the and the three wise men and, and everybody in my family, um, it was like I was almost unable to be penetrated by the ne- any any negativity or mm. any any terrible influence outside. I mean, I. I, I had a lot of friends and I and and I hung out with my friends and I'd never say that I didn't get into any trouble. But, you know, my family was my was my support unit. And I I always felt a, um, the connection there was always a big part of my strength growing up and and being able to keep myself on the right track. Yeah. And I think, I mean, not like this is subconsciously or anything, but the foundation that your family built and the the conversation we've had around character building and the statements around, you know, don't listen, uh, you know, don't listen to what people are saying as much as watch what they're doing. I think that if you're out in the world and you have created an incredible foundation for your kids, when they go and they see the troublesome that's out there or the influences that are out there, if they're paying attention because you've built a great foundation, they're not going to be distracted because they see the messiness and the chaos that that a lot of the distractions brings families. And to have this foundation at home, which I would say you as the father are the one who's responsible to create, that you're setting your kids up to where it's not going to be that, well, my kid's 15 and well, everyone else is doing this and my kids are going to do it too. I mean, kids make mistakes, kids mess up. Right. But the fact, we're not trying to have again, like what Greg said, we're not trying to have perfect kids or be perfect dads. That's ridiculous. Um, but it's about having a foundation of family that really is deep and rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. man, Greg. So, so, you know, one of my main questions is, is on, uh, what are you rebelling against and what do you hope to create? You know, the, the podcast is fatherhood field notes. And, and I mean, we've been doing it right. You've been opening up your field notes of life and stories and the things that matter. Mm-hmm. And, and in a lot of ways, you probably answered the question about what are you rebelling against? Yeah, it right? is sounds like you're rebelling against selfishness. selfishness. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and that's something that's I think it's inherent. I think it comes <laughs> along with uh, being in this world. It's natural to some extent. And, you know, and I've and I realized as a young person growing up, I, you know, once I got married and had kids that that, uh, you know, I, I needed to learn how to become more of a, a of a servant. And um, so, and what do I hope to create from that? Or I, I mean, I'd like to think I, I, I have to some extent and, and that's a, a family culture, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like the one that I grew up in. I mean, um, you know, my grandparents and then my mother and father and, um, and even the other families in our extended family, um, had a strong family culture. And so it's been passed down literally from generations and I'm, uh, and I'm doing the best I can to pass that down to my kids. So, you know, I've, I've heard you talk about traditions on some of your podcasts yeah. and things. And, and so, I mean, that's another thing that I think is hugely helpful as well as, you know, um, individual activities or family activities, but, um, in the spirit of the Sunday dinner, my grandmother used to have, I mean, my, 
you know, we we have the kids over um, for dinner or for cornhole day or whatever it is. I mean, last winter we set up like a kickball with little swim pools for bases out in the yard and oh, you know so had a fun. kickball game and you know just stuff like that and and it's fun and and um so i would say getting together as a family now that we have three out of the house um is is a tradition my wife is really great at inviting everybody over and you know it's like we we do it frequently still to this day with all the kids you know and it gets harder and harder you know when they get married and jobs you know it's it gets a little more challenging to keep them together but at least at this time we're blessed to have them all in the backyard so to speak at least within driving distance so um that uh that's what i hope to create and pass Mm -hmm. down and hopefully it keeps going Man, you you know, I'm going to just tell you something I wrote down in my notes here. <clears throat> I can be so me and Sarah have been married uh, almost 18 years and I can be critical, right? So we got in a little tiff yesterday and she said um she said uh, you have something to say about <laughs> everything I do or whatever. And I'm like, uh not everything, right? Cuz nobody wants to hear always or for every time or whatever. So, you know, figured it out, but but I wrote this down. So like Ned's one major takeaway for Ned right here is, is you, you, you talk about your grandmother being the matriarch and then it just came out of your mouth. You're like, we have these really fun, you know, kickball games with pools. Like, Oh my gosh, that sounds like epic, right? You see that in a movie. And then you made a comment. My wife is really good about inviting everybody over for these things. So I just, I thought I'm going to share the right, what I wrote down and I, I wrote down treat, So I put Sarah's name and I said, treat her like the matriarch, right? Now, I believe this to be true, that if you treat people as as they really are, you know, it'll come out of them more. And and I I find myself to be critical a lot um, or can be critical, uh, but to treat her like the matriarch. So, you know, have been married 31 years. What would be a couple of things that you would say? Hey, you know what? I saw this in my, and maybe you didn't even connect that your grandmother's a matriarch and your wife is now becoming and is this person with your grandkids and your own kids. But what are one or two things you'd say to a, a guy who's been married half the amount of time you have in mm-hmm. treating your wife like the matriarch? Because she's also becoming, right? She's also becoming that person. But how do I come alongside and allow and support her to become that person? Look, we're, you know, when you've been married a long bliss, right? And and then um, you start out on your adventure. So I think there's a marriage adventure just mm-hmm. like there is a fatherhood adventure. No and doubt. if we were talking about books and resources and things like that, um, I would offer up um, some in, in, in the marriage mm. uh, group. And, and I would encourage people to do those. And I actually like talking. Um, I think your initial question was, what would you say to, you know, fathers or, uh, you know, uh, that are only married half as long as you've been or what have you. And I, I love talking to young fathers. In fact, I do that here at Tilton Pacific and, um, with, with some of my project managers, you know, they, they've got new kids and stuff like that. And, you know, I love to share books like Rebel and Create and, mm, thank you. and, um, Love and Logic and, and other kid rearing books. But, you know, I, and I know I'm straying off your, your question here, which is really more about the matriarch, but I would say, 
to be patient for one, because men and women are different, different needs, all of that. And, and, and it can be challenging at different times. And, um, you know, I'm just going to put it in the category of trials and say that every marriage is going to go through trials. And, and whether those are things as simple as difference of opinion of how you raise your kids or how you discipline your kids, or if it's a medical issue or whatever it is. But I would say that, you know, um, I think you're correct that, uh, in, in our case, um, my wife is becoming the matriarch. Hmm. And it's a, it's a really cool thing to see because she, um, uh, she didn't grow up in a family that was as close, so to speak, as mine was. Um, and so I think, um, you know, some of that has, has rubbed off on her and, you know, and I've told her at different times, you know, the way I look at, at our marriage is, is that, you know, of course, just like, you know, uh, we're not perfect as humans and, and our marriage is not perfect. But after 30 years, I look back on our marriage and I, I see that it's been um, it's been a wonderful thing mm. and that it's um, and that you're our trials have become our strength, Mm. you know, working through things. And um, we're, you know, after 30 years, I feel like we're in a great place and we're going to actually go, we're leaving on, on Friday. And we haven't done this before, by the way. So this is pretty random that I'm, that I'm going to throw this out there. Um, We're going to go away for uh, a two day trip. I mean, it's like a day there and a day back, but we're going to spend two days just some random location. And it's going to be for the purpose of um, just reconnecting and talking about, hey, we're moving into this new stage of life right now where the kids are Mm. a little older. And, you know, um, you know, what is our what is our future look like? Uh, What are our priorities? Um, You know, maybe uh, talk about a new um, uh, uh, maybe a uh, a mission statement for the family or mm. you know, what we want to see going forward. And so it should be a fun time, man. That's, inc- that's incredible. And I'll just say like, uh, if you want, you know, go back and listen to a podcast I did with a guy named Warren Rustand, uh, uh, 78 years old or 80. Gosh, I can't remember, but seventies, eighties. Um, and, and just what a legacy he's built with his family. But he talked a lot about that, you know, being in that stage now, um, but I want to reiterate what you said to me. And then, and I have two final questions, but here's what I heard from you. And and here's what Ned shout is taking from Greg from this <laughs> is I'm asking you how to show up as a better husband. And I know this is a fatherhood podcast, but reality is if I can show up as a great husband, I'm setting my daughters and son up and my daughters and my mm-hmm. son up to one day be great mothers and father, uh, mm-hmm. and have great families, et cetera. So I, I mean, really marriage is super important, but you said, be patient. Okay. And so be patient. And so as you said that, and I'm hearing you talk, I'm going, oh man, when I'm in this riff or in the mess to tell myself, be patient, be patient. And, and, and because as a dude, I want to fix it or be critical, like I said, um, but I don't need to figure it out for them. So for me to become the patriarch, for my wife to become the matriarch, I don't have to figure out that for her, which I find myself doing. I'm never going to let her listen to this, by the way. Um, (laughs) Uh, cause she'll call me out. Hey, you're trying to figure it out for me to not figure it out for them. Be patient. 
And then going back to the character conversation you, you had is work on you. And if I work on me, that's truly about character. And then it's not about what I say or how I tell her what or how she should do something, but she is going to see that I'm leading me um, and being patient with her, which will give her space to figure out whatever it is herself. And, and I mean, that is like gold for me to be able to show up for my wife in a more uh, selfless way. Right. Yeah. Patience and, and, you know, just uh, a heart to serve as well. You know, mm. it gets back to the, to, you know, what I said I was rebelling against, which is being selfish, you know, and um, we, we can, uh, I think in, in any, I, you know, I honestly think about when I think about marriage and I know this is a fatherhood podcast, but marriage absolutely has a lot to do with it. Right. So much. And yeah. I, and, and I, I've said this before to, um, to some others, including my wife. And I really think that, um, you know, if I had to sum up in, in one word, something, um, that is really detrimental to a marriage and that it is selfishness. You know, we need to be um, we need to be servants and we need to be patient with each other because because mm. we're we're all imperfect. Yeah, if I switched my question to from what the hell's wrong with her right now in my head to how can I serve and love her right now? I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> things would go a lot smoother. Uh, so that's working on, on Ned. So uh that's where I need to shift. But that again, that shifts from the, am I being selfish right now? Am I making this about me or am I being selfless? And right. I think the more times I choose to be selfless, the reality is, is my kids, right? My daughters, my four daughters and my son are watching. How does my dad show up for my mom mm -hmm. is going to be like 500 years from now have impact still. So, man, Greg, I'm this convert. I could keep talking to you forever. This conversation has been so rich. I personally learned so much and I know everybody who's listening is going to walk away with so much, so much. So thank you for being transparent and um, open with us. My last question, which I feel like we've like gained so much, but my last question is legacy, you know, and you're at an interesting stage. And so I'm going to ask it to you a little bit differently is you have kids between the ages of 21 and, and, and 40. I want to say 20 years from now, 25 years from now, you are standing out in a cul-de-sac peering into your grandkids' homes. What is it that you see being played out in their homes and you could sit back with some tears in your eyes and a smile on your face and go, man, all that messiness that I worked through for my life, like I'm seeing these values or this situation play out, what do you see in their homes that would be really meaningful to the way you've lived your life? The only thing that really came to mind when you were saying that was praying at dinner. Hmm. Oh man, that's so rich, Greg. Like to think about my, my grandkids, right? Like they didn't grow up in my home. But I passed some values, family values, family culture down to my, my kids. And then I look in and it's, and they're pausing to be grateful. They're pausing to know who they are. I mean, there's a lot to that statement. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Greg, 
thank you for the man you are, the husband, the father, the friend, the business leader. Uh, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. We've been talking about it for a while. And to be able to sit down and just talk honestly about something that care that matters deeply to both of us was really a, a privilege, a gift, and an honor. So uh, just keep being yourself. And, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your time today. Thank, thank you, Ned. I, I really enjoyed it. The only other thing I would say in closing um, to you, Ned, is is that I I've really enjoyed this day and mm. um, the time leading up to it. You know, because not knowing that Rebel and Create existed or your podcast, and then being asked to join the show, which was a real honor. Um, you know, um, it's just been a great reflection time for me mm. on fatherhood and I want to do more of it. And I've, um, I've been listening to podcasts and I'm going to keep listening to podcasts and I think your book's great. I've, mm, I, thank as you. you know, I've ordered quite a few. Yeah. 10 of them. Been, wow. Thank well, you. I've been giving them away. So you, and, and just for anybody that might still be listening, you know, I, this is not a paid advertisement. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I really appreciate you and what you're doing that. Mm, thank you so much. I, just the fact you say that, the support coming from somebody that I look up to a lot and I go, man, I want to be asked, you know, about my marriage at 30 years, you know, that to, to put that effort, that time, that energy in. I want to go scuba diving with my kids when they're adults. Um, it means a lot. I learned a ton from this. And selfishly, if nobody ever listens to this, this is okay. I've gained something. Um, but yeah, this has been really powerful. And I mean, look at I got. Yeah, well... And I'll tell you what else. The truth is, I love talking to young fathers. I just, but I, I do it selectively. I do it with my kids. I do yeah. it with project managers here and whatever. And um, and I am, I just, I can't tell you how impressed I am with what you've done at such a young age with this. Oh, and thank you. Because uh, the world needs it. You know, Des desperately, the, desperately, desperately needs it. Thank you so much. Just it's, this has been wonderful. All right, Ned. All right. Until Great. next time. Thank you. Uh, I had to leave that end in there. Our conversation kept going and some of it was stuff just really between him and I, but I had to leave in the part where you just heard in his voice, just the depth of care not only for himself, for his kids, for his grandkids, for his business, for his life, but for mankind. Our world is in need of men like Greg. And so I hope that just like me, you're taking this knowledge from a wise man and implementing it in your own life and that we're opening our eyes a bit wider, a bit bigger, opening up the compassion of our hearts and our lives so that we are not just focused on ourselves, but we know that as men, as fathers, we have the opportunity to impact the world around us and that our attention and care for something bigger than ourselves, bigger than our family is critical for the stability of our world. Thank you. Thank you. If you feel that this could be beneficial to a friend, please share this episode as I believe is very powerful. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, What You Do Matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned. Shout together. Let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. 
If you haven't already, please write a quick review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. And my Friday podcast, Craft of Fatherhood, are still on whatever platform you're listening to. But I am now recording them in my camper van and putting them up on YouTube. So if you'd like to check out the Friday Craft of Fatherhood, you can find that under Rebel and Create YouTube Craft of Fatherhood podcast. Thanks so much. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. Thank you.